Welcome to RVC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded January 18th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. We've just published our big monthly chart book digging into the U.S. equity market from top to bottom, looking at everything from the S&P 500 to style to sectors to industries to factors and small caps. Two big things you need to know. First, we're sticking with our 5,050 forecast for the S&P 500 at year-end 2022. We think 2022 will be a tougher year, but one that ultimately sees some modest gains. Second, while we still like value in cyclicals in early 2022, we've lost faith in small caps' ability to see an early year outperformance trade and dig into the reasons why. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major platforms. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one, there's no change to our market call. We're sticking with our 5,050 forecast on the S&P in 2022, and it's important to stress that we do think of that as a December 31st close number. Overall, we think 2022 will be a year of modest gains of about 6%. U.S. equities have been caught between the tailwinds of a strong economy and the headwinds of much more hawkish monetary policy in early 2022, and we think that this tug of war will end up setting the tone for the year as a whole. We've refreshed the different models we use to arrive at our target and have added a few new ones to the mix. In total, we're looking at 14 different inputs. 5,050 remains in line with the average of all of them. Admittedly, they point to a wide range of outcomes. The most bearish number gets us to 4,400 at year-end, and the most bullish scenario takes the market up to 5,600. We think our economic modeling captures the bull case best with four of our five economic-based tests pointing to an S&P 500 that ends the year around 5,200. These economic models bake in the idea that real GDP will come in around 3.9% in 2022, which is far above average, which is about 2.5%. And we're also baking into the idea that 2023 will see GDP growth ending up right back to average at around 2.5%. Those numbers are the consensus among sell-side economists, which is what we think ultimately drives market behavior, but they also happen to be in line with our own in-house economics team. On the flip side, we think that two of our valuation approaches, which examine how much lower multiple contraction could take the stock market down this year, probably do the best job of articulating the bear case. These spake in 10 to 15% multiple contraction, which is the average you tend to see in tightening cycles depending on the multiple used. These tests suggest that the S&P 500 could end the year in the 4,400 to 4,600 area. A new input that we've added this time around also attempts to bake in the impact of quantitative tightening. There, we only have one example to look at, 2018, when stocks fell more than 6% for the full year. A repeat of 2018 would also have the S&P 500 and 2022 a little below 4,500. Now, that's not a perfect example in our view, as markets were also hit by the onset of the trade war with China in 2018, which added on recession concerns to a tightening Fed. Though COVID continues to cause short-term economic disruption, many investors believe we are closer to the end than the beginning of that story, and it's also well understood. Takeaway number two. While we continue to see value in cyclical sectors outperforming in the early part of 2022, we've lost faith in our expectations that small caps will also recapture leadership in early 2022. It's important to understand that the value growth trade and small large trade were positively correlated until very, very recently. The positive correlation between the style trade, as we call it, and the size trade have suddenly flipped negative in early 2022. 
What we found as we went through our chart deck this month is that a lot of signals for small cap that have traditionally explained the small large trading relationship quite well and which have been signaling outperformance for small cap, those relationships are simply breaking down as well. We dig into five of these signals and speculate on why they're broken right now. The first is improving COVID trends. The relationship we saw all throughout last year, small cap beating large cap when the rate of change in U.S. COVID cases was moving down, that relationship just isn't holding up anymore. We've seen the deceleration in the rate of change of COVID cases, but we haven't gotten the small cap outperformance. This is probably due to the perception that smaller companies are having a tougher time managing through the disruption than large cap companies. The second broken signal is attractive relative valuations. Something we've been talking about a lot lately is how small caps look deeply undervalued versus large caps. But a lot of this valuation gap is driven by lower quality microcaps in the small cap space. And this is a point in the recovery in which we normally see a sloppy shift from low quality back to high quality. The third broken signal for small cap is expectations for a strong economy in 2022. Small caps tend to outperform large caps when real GDP growth is tracking above average, as economists expect to be the case again this year. But small caps, frankly, are trading like economic growth is already well below average. We think this may be due to weak small business optimism, which tends to track small cap performance over time, and also the fact that some key economic indicators like ISM manufacturing appear to have hit their cycle highs last year. They're still in expansionary territory in the latest updates, but they have moved below the recent peak. Overall, the idea here is that we've already seen peak economic optimism and there's a negative undercurrent in terms of sentiment that's captured by the NFIB data. The fourth broken signal is interest rates. Small caps tend to beat large caps when 10-year yields are rising and ahead of first Fed rate hikes, as we've discussed many times on this podcast. But this isn't working as a signal right now either, and we think that's probably due to tapering. Small caps underperform large caps during the 2013-2014 taper, and because small caps have at least a third of their debt in variable rate instruments. We've been getting questions on the debt composition of small cap balance sheets recently. The fifth broken signal is inflation. Small caps do normally outperform large caps when inflation expectations are rising. We think this signal isn't working right now because small caps are seen as having a tougher time managing around this pressure. There's some evidence this is the case as small caps have been much weaker than large caps on the rate of upward EPS estimate revisions recently. Our bottom line, we aren't ruling out a small cap catch-up trade, but we think a better way to play the early year rotation is through value and cyclicals within large cap. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, for a deep dive into specific sectors by RBC's team of equity analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.